G'day, folks. My name's Steve Christensen, the Executive Director of the National Ice Cream Retailers Association, or NICRA. And welcome to this uh, official podcast of the National Ice Cream Retailers Association. We are all about ice cream people helping ice cream people. We've been doing it since 1933. This episode, we are talking to, well, I think a pretty big name in the ice cream industry, uh, Rick Pizzi. How are you, mate? I'm great. How are you? Now, do you mean big because I'm rotund? Or, or <laughs> how are you referring to that? Mate, I thought we could even just get through the introduction without the jocularity <laughs> ensuing, but obviously it's, it's not going to be that way. Um, mate, uh, it, great to talk to you. Really appreciate your time. Um, most people, if you've been at a NICRA convention uh, or a New England convention, know Rick relatively well. Uh, I love talking to you because you kind of talk like me. You can take your car and take it down the park and all of that stuff. I, I, I've been known uh, not to use a few R's. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Right. Mate, um, did you want to just go over very quickly as the foundation for our chat, uh, where your business is located, what you do, uh, just a, a brief description. I have a, a traditional New England-style ice cream shop, walk-up windows, Open seasonally April through Columbus Day weekend. Uh, we offer 50 flavors of hard ice cream, um, 18 combinations of soft serve ice cream, slush, sorbet, frozen yogurt, pretty much the, the full realm. Jeez. And tell me, is all of that done in-house? We don't make the hard ice cream in-house. We have a, a local ice cream shop. Uh, we'll give them the, the recipe. They'll make anything that we want for us. Right. So it's a nice... It's a nice um, relationship that we have with them mate that's good and how long have you been in the business when when did you start up because you had a you have a farm stand there or a combination how does that work the the family farming business is is 86 years strong Mm -hmm. the ice cream portion is now in our 18th season wow that's pretty impressive um and did you start off with a vision of growing to as many offerings as you did or did you start off relatively small not at all. I, I actually kind of was looking for a little complementing business to the existing farm stand, something for, for nights and weekends. Never really thought it would actually at one point almost be busier than the main store. Right. So is the ice cream store and the main store attached in some way? Yes. The um, The ice cream store was formerly a greenhouse on the side of the building. Oh, right. And, and over time, we closed it in and, and added the windows when a local shop down the street had lost their lease. So I kind of filled in that void. Oh, great. Um, and you mentioned kind of like the uh, percentage of business. So what percentage of your overall business is farm stand versus the ice cream? Um, I, I might have um, exaggerated a little bit. but right. <laughs> That's unlike you. Um, it's probably 70-30, uh, 70 farm stand and 30 ice cream. Okay. And are you do you primarily look after the ice cream or do you have overall responsibility for both of those arms of the business? I am the uh, king of the kingdom. I do it all. Wow. Um and you mentioned that it's a family farm. Uh, did you grow up on this family farm? Are there other siblings and family members that are in the busy farm market deli ice cream business? I, I grew up on the farm, and our farm was agricultural-based. So right. we, we uh, had an apple and a peach orchard, and corn, tomatoes, eggplant, cauliflower, squash, beans, strawberries, wow. and flowers um, were our crops. 
And yes, I have. Um, my sister was in nursing. Um, when we added a deli to our store, um, she kind of wanted a bit of a career change, so she came over, and, and she's been running that ever since. Oh, okay. And there's no uh, sibling rivalry clashes, uh, throwing cones oh, at each every, other. Oh, every day, every day. <laughs> I, I think we'd like to get your sister uh, at one of these conventions to actually talk with her about what it's like to work with you. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's the maybe that's the next podcast. There you go, mate. Um, so growing up on the farm, and you know, I don't talk to too many people who grew up on a farm. Um, what was your first ice cream memory? What was your kind of early family culture around ice cream? Um, well, for, for us, I mean, it would always be a treat at night um, after a long day to go to one of the local ice cream shops. And whether it was Bedford Farms or Erickson's or even Kimball's ice cream. So um, I have, you know, very good memories of, of going to those shops um, after work. Wow. Um, and was it a typical, I know um, in speaking to dairy farmers, it was get up in the morning, milk the cows, go to school, come home, milk the cows. What was it like agriculturally growing up on uh, that kind of setup? Was there a lot of responsibility for you as a, as a kid? Very similar. Um, you know, mine being that it was agricultural is a little bit different. You know, be getting up, go pick corn. Um, you know, in the fall, it was like get home from school and water 10,000 mums. You know, so so. <laughs> So the chores are a little bit different, but there were definitely chores every day. Right. And, you know, I really think that it just creates such a backbone and a foundation of hard work, you know, that I I think is dying in a lot of uh, generations these days. Um, so, mate, my next question about how you came to become in the ice cream business, um, I, I guess you kind of answered that. So you've got a bustling business so far as farm uh, farm market, deli, um, you wanted to add on to that is there any um was there any kind of uh tipping point to kind of lean you towards ice cream did you just kind of figure that ice cream was a natural evening and and weekend thing or was there you know perhaps that one store closing down that you thought that you'd kind of take up that baton the tipping point was i was visiting a friend um out in carlisle massachusetts which is uh, west of boston um kimball's has a smaller outpost ice cream shop and they had a a whole bunch of hanging plants for sale out in front of the ice cream shop mm -hmm. and that made me think wow i already have all the hanging plants with our garden center now all i need to do is add the ice cream pot <laughs> so so kimball's had an ice cream shop they added hanging plants yes you, you had hanging plants all you needed to do was add the ice cream shop it, it sounded simple enough <laughs> that's right mate and Last year, speaking about plants, uh, you made local headlines and um, a lot of uh, people's uh, hit, tickle a lot of people's funny bones on forums when you were creating this montage of people backing over your uh, your your planters. Um, is that still a problem? Have you figured that out? I, I haven't put it out for this season, and it's actually a good problem because what I like to say is I'd rather people hit my wine barrel than hit my customers. <laughs> right. I'm going to actually find that video, and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes here because it's actually quite hilarious. Um, it's like the greatest hits of people backing into uh, these these wine barrel planter stands. It just kept happening over and over and over again. So, 
Um, does it make a lot of noise? Does everyone kind of turn around in shock when that happens, or is it just kind of subtle? People just slink off and they drive away. It makes noise. I mean, people people uh, hear it happening and they turn and look, and and sometimes people get out of their car to see what they hit, and sometimes they drive off. <laughs> That's right. As long as they know that there's not a young child underneath the back, then I guess they're fine. Mate, um, I generally ask the question, what do you absolutely love about your business? And I'm going to give you a chance to answer that. But what I absolutely love about your business, um, and being a previous police officer myself, um, was just your support of the local emergency services and community. And I guess one of the... Um, uh, driving points for me wanting to talk to you today was this recent fundraiser that you did for a local police officer and I was actually quite amazed not only at the at the news coverage that you got for it but the amount of money that was raised so do you want to t- tell us a little bit about you know your relationship with local emergency services and kind of how these fundraisers started and how they become so popular a couple of things happen. I mean, we, we've always been um, supportive of the community. It's it just one of those things where, you know, the community supports you business-wise and you'd like to give back the best to your ability. Uh, so recently I, I saw an article in the paper of a, a local policeman who was diagnosed with a, a stage four brain tumor and three children under five years of age. And there was a, a GoFundMe page. And I said, you know, that's, that's great, but I'd like to try to do something a little bit different try to get the community involved, and try to get the first responders in town involved. So I came up with the idea of maybe doing, being that we always open April 1st for the season. Right. The day prior happened to be a Sunday, and I says, oh, this is going to work out perfectly. How about a little pop-up ice cream fundraiser to get the community involved, make it a family event? I reached out to Rosev Dairy, which is my soft serve provider, and they jumped on board and donated a bunch of products. Um, folks from Joy Cone donated the cones. Folks from Honey Hill Farms donated the sorbet mix. So everybody got involved, and some of my friends at work for the police station got volunteers from the fire department, the police department, and 911 dispatch to be the actual service for the day. Right. And even the mayor came, and uh, Joe Andrusi that played for the Patriots. Um, his father's a retired policeman, and his brothers are New York City firemen. So it just it all came together really well. Um, the community came out in, in droves. I didn't even realize we were so busy inside that the police were doing traffic details out in the streets. And everything worked out really well, except for Mother Nature. Right. I noticed that it was it pouring absolutely rain. downpoured. But amazingly so, it, it didn't hinder anybody's spirits. Um, and we ended up raising in three hours fifteen thousand dollars. Now that is, I mean, it's really inc- incredibly amount of money that that is raised. How long did it take you to kind of, from the thought process of we should do something to kind of you know putting it together like this? We we put this together in about ten days. Unbelievable. Now tell me, you obviously had, and you've done events like this before. No, do I recall you doing events like this before where? Emergency we, we, services come in? and Yes. Um, the first time, though, we've actually had the emergency service people be the servers. Right. We did a um, – we took – there's a national program called Coffee with a Cop, mm-hmm. and we took that program and tweaked it to call it Cops and Cones. Right. So so that was our initial one. But they were um, more mingling with the residents and, and being more 
um, one-on-one and, and, you know, so people would be, have a better relationship with the local policemen. Um, this time though, we actually got them behind the counters and serving ice cream. And let me tell you, after three hours, they did not get any better making a cone. <laughs> Is that right? You, you've either got it or you don't, right? That, absolutely. <laughs> they can carry me out of a burning building, but I don't want them to, to make a banana split for me. Um, Rick, it's just such a it's it was such a great event, and you got some really good press out of it. Did um, how did you go about promoting that in a ten day period? Is that just word of mouth? Is it flyers? Is it local radio and TV? How does that work? We we did word of mouth. Um, we did Facebook advertising. Um, one of my neighbors uh, knew somebody at the local news channel out of Boston. Reached out to them. They thought it was a great story, so they came out. Uh, in the local paper. Boy, boy. So you've already obviously fine-tuned or kind of have a relationship with a lot of kind of local media. I know that you're relatively um, good on Facebook. So um, what's the kind of... If someone was out there and wanted to really contribute to a cause like this, whether it just be an, an annual police day or an emergency services day, or there's, you know, a specific... Um, events like you had here f- to fundraise for an event. What's your advice in order to be able to prepare for that? Uh, a, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of note taking and, and making sure that you follow up on all the different little details that you need to do for the day, just so everything falls into place. Right. Um, but as I said, you've you've kind of had. Um, a relationship with with the local police because of this um, Cones and Cops Day was the Cones and Cops Day a fundraiser as well? No, that was that was just kind of a um, an outreach day, right? So so folks would come out and um, and just and just chat with the local police if they have questions. A lot of people are are nervous about going into a police station if I have a question. Yep. So it's so more of a very informal meet and greet. Um, opportunity for for residents to converse with the local police department. Right, that's awesome. That's really really good. Um, <clears throat> tell me another thing. I really like the collaboration between yourself and your suppliers. And we mention this sometimes when we're kind of working with ice cream shops. Um, and I know it's been brought up at Nikra before, but building a relationship up with your suppliers means that. They're really able to help you in the process of developing and pulling off some of these pretty amazing events. And I know, you know, it, it's not going to be a monthly thing, um, but but I've always encouraged, and I think obviously through this experience, um, you would encourage, you know, su- supply well members of the association or ice cream shop owners to really incorporate their suppliers in some of these fundraising efforts. No. And, and that's the um, see, see that's the secret sauce to being a member of both the National Ice Cream Restaurant Associate um, Retailers Association and the New England Ice Cream Restaurant Association, right. because you get to meet these people face to face. So, for example, Joy Cohn that I know through National, you know, I called up Kyle Cameron, and, and he was like, "Yeah, it's a great idea. You know, wh- what can I do? Who's your, who's your distributor? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get it done tomorrow." Right. You can't do that by just researching on the web information about ice cream. Yeah. You don't get that personal relationship. You can't call up the folks from 
Honey Hill Farms and say, hey, I need a couple of cases. And they're like, sure thing. We'll get it to you next week. Yep, I think that's one of the probably most understated uh, benefits of being involved in the association is just that personal relationship <clears throat> that you're not just buying a product from someone and it's being delivered and you really only talk to them when you need to order. And I don't know whether other industries are like this, but I know that our industry is just so strong in that a lot of our supplier members, particularly our NICRA supplier members, are just so actively involved in the conversation and wanting to get to know their customers and their business, providing advice. And some of the, some of the best information that you'll get um, about growing your business will be from a supplier partner or an exhibitor at the show. So uh, I think you've proved in this event that you know, when you have a need, and it's not really your need, it's you know, your business, your slash community needs, you've got a lot of supplier members that are willing to kind of stand up and say, yes, you know, we can help. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, in those relationships that you make with the suppliers, I mean, it even goes sometimes when, I mean, you want to give a little jab to them when the field goal kicker hits the post. So, I mean, I had to give Craig Nielsen from Nielsen Massey Vanellas a nice little call when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so there is, there is a balance. It's, it's not Absolutely. all, it's, it's not all rainbows and sprinkles. There actually is some, <laughs> some verbal jousting going on between the two. Um, Mate, that's great. So, so what do you love about your business? What What are some of the aspects of your business that you you know really enjoy? Uh, the, the the people, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, dealing with the customers, and then even dealing with my own staff. You know, I have a lot of um, high school and, and young college kids, and and just it's amazing that I've actually been here long enough that I've actually have future or past employees' children now working for me. Wow, that's pretty good. <clears throat> Speaking of employees. When you're up and running in the height of the season, how many employees do you have with you? I, um, probably somewhere between 30, uh, 36 to 48. Okay. And, mate, what are your biggest challenges? I know that you've kind of got, I guess, um, a lot of the New England traditional farm stands and kind of walk-up ice cream shops often report back that, you know, they have these kids just kind of almost like perennials. They kind of come back, you know, every time um, what are the challenges that you have with that amount of employees and getting ready for the season and winding down for the season uh, biggest challenge these days is is keeping them off their phones it's, it's kind of funny um, and just making sure that they have a good work ethic um, I, my strategy is like I try to keep the shifts shorter um, which is why I need more employees so they, they stay energized um, they stay focused and they give the customers, you know, the best service that they can possibly provide them. Right. Yeah, I think I coined a term of you years back called three-hour itis. <clears throat> Something happens at the three-hour mark in a lot of teams, and, and I think it's a. I think it needs to be investigated by some uh, medical facility because. Something disconnects at that three-hour mark, and you've got to keep them pretty well engaged after that. Absolutely. This, the whole six- and eight-hour shift for a team kind of no, doesn't really work. Not at all. Um, now, do you have – you mentioned that you were open between April and Columbus Day. Is that right? Yes, the ice cream shop. So do you have – I guess you've got the ability – do you have anyone cross-trained or people cross-trained where they're kind of moving from the farm stand over to the ice cream shop? They're all cross-trained, so oh, depending okay. on where the um, where I, where the need is, I can bounce them back and forth. Yeah, that's great. That's a great um, great opportunity to be able to kind of utilize both businesses like that. I think a lot of ice cream shop owners 
don't have that luxury. And whether when the season's just kicking in or whether the season's just winding down, that's really where most struggle so far as getting you know, employees, particularly when you've got people that are dropping back off, uh, going back to college and doing other things. Do you have issues like that up there? Yes, especially, especially at, at the end of the season around Labor Day. Right. Uh, where your college kids have to leave early and then their high school kids are sat in their fall sports. So it makes it really challenging. Right. Um, mate, tell me, um, you've been in the business a long time and you've also kind of really worked with NICRA and the New England group. Um, is there anyone that you kind of look up to or see as a mentor, someone that's helped you out over the years and you kind of uh, want to give them a shout out? Locally, it's been... Um well, Joe Venuti from Bedford Farms, um, truly, he was my um, my mentor at my first national convention in Las Vegas 20-some-odd years ago. Wow. Um, and he's he's actually developed from, from being a mentor to a, a personal friend. So that, that's worked out really well. Yeah. And, um, and we bounce ideas off back and forth all the time. Uh, we'll get together for dinner, uh, play a little golf during the season. How far uh, is he away? 20 minutes, tops. Okay. So he's, he's fairly close. Yeah. And, um, and Rod Oranger um, has been very instrumental on, on the topping side of, of the industry for me. Right. Yep. Another classic example of um, an, uh, a supplier, an exhibitor, you know, forming those bonds with ice cream uh, store owners. And, uh, you know, not only just to not only just to to ensure your success, but. Again, these kind of close personal relationships come up. Rod's been extremely influential in my knowledge of the ice cream business from a number of different standpoints, from a supplier member and, you know, the, the process of kind of going through and working with NICRA. Um, I kind of look to Rod as a friend first and then a purveyor of toppings and flavors second, which I think is true of a lot of vendors. Mate, um, who do you... Uh, do you have any kind of... Uh, Go to business books, inspirational podcasts, references. Uh, anything that you kind of are currently looking at to kind of give you a bit of inspiration. You know, it's kind of funny because right in front of me, I have a, um, a book that I picked up. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's called uh, "Wake Up Happy" by Michael Strahan. Hmm. Wake up happy. Might, we might have to do a. Uh, sequel to the podcast after you've read the book to see if you actually are waking up happy uh, that sounds good <laughs> but i'll put it in the link down here um any reason why it grabbed your attention i saw a um a snippet about it on actually on the way to um the board meeting that we just had in charleston south carolina hmm in, in the Delta magazine, there was a little article on, on Michael Strahan, and it mentioned the book. And I said, well, I, th- I think I want to check that out. Okay. Well, we'll put a link down in the show notes here, and other people can check it out as well. Hopefully, we can all be waking up happy soon. Mate, um, in this, uh, you know, the last probably 18 years or so, um, what, uh, what are some of the things that you've felt marketing-wise were your greatest achievements? I've, I've been... Um, really good uh, with Facebook and, and social media, um, and the re- and and how you find that out is is when you're around town and, and people will come up to you and say, oh, I saw your post on Facebook, or what are you having for lunch this week, or you're making me really hungry. You got to stop doing that. And <laughs> so, so so that's that's where I know people have been been looking at it. So 
social media I've, I've really embraced, and I think it's probably the future for marketing for a lot of people. So, mate, I noticed that on the Facebook group, the closed Facebook group that Nycra has, um, more often times than not, if you're starting a conversation, um, it's generally something that you've come across online or an interesting article or something that could be beneficial for the members to look at. Are you primarily kind of connected to those things through your phone? Um, is it one of those things whereby are you a kind of uh, phone-in-the-hand guy that kind of just in a spare moment looks at that stuff, or do you actually kind of Google alert and kind of uh, do some research into some of these things? I do the Google alerts um, on, on just a topic ice cream, just to see what's going on, um, see what comes up on a daily basis. Right. For the rest of the social media aspects, it's typically just on my phone. Yeah. Um, and do you want to just explain the whole Google Alert thing if, if someone's listening and doesn't know what that is? You can go onto Google and have alerts for different subject matters. Um, I also have a Google Alert for my own business. So hmm. if there's an article that comes up, um, Google will send me an email that say, oh, Pizzy Fine was mentioned in this article in the newspaper. Um, but with ice cream shops, you'll see different... Um, you know, the different ice cream categories that were in the news that day will show up in your Google Alert um, depending on what you put for your title. And it just comes in as an email? Yes. Right. Um, that's interesting. I actually have a lot of different Google Alerts. I have one for ice cream. Well, it's for the same Google Alert, but you can actually do a lot of categories. So I have one for ice cream plus frozen yogurt plus gelato plus frozen custard. Um First time, though, first time, though, that I've ever heard anyone having a Google alert for their own business, which actually is pretty smart when you think that if someone's having a conversation about your business, that's something that you certainly want to be able to be monitoring or at least be aware of. Exactly. Mate, uh, if you could start the whole shebang all over again, anything that you'd do differently? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... Maybe get uh, more sturdy barricades around the store. Rather, <laughs> I think that kind of added some fun to it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think I would. I, it, it, you know, it, it's always an evolving process, and I, and I tell people just getting into the business. You know, what what you start with in, in year one isn't going to be what you end up in in year ten or even year twenty. Mm. So you have to be able to change with the times and. And tweak things as it goes along because it's just it's 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 an evolving business. Yeah, uh, mate. Last question: uh, Someone comes up to you in the street. They uh, after they've asked you what you've had for lunch, they're thinking, "Hey, I think I might want to get into the ice cream business." Uh, what advice? Give me some advice um, for those that someone want to get into the business. I actually got a call last week. Um, from from a realtor who had a friend that was looking to buy a piece of property that had an existing ice cream shop on it. And they said that they wanted to buy the property and, and run the ice cream shop as absentee owners. And I said, <laughs> don't even think about it. It's not going to work as an absentee owner. Right. Um, but I tell you, know, it, it's a great industry to get into. Um it does take a lot of hours and a lot of time to get everything in the situation where you can spend time away from it, but it's not something that you can do from day one. Right. Yep, got to be prepared to uh, to deliver your pound of flesh. 
Absolutely. Mate, uh, look, again, we really appreciate your time. We know you're a busy man (laughs) eating, posting, serving ice cream, helping the local community. Where can people find out more about uh, Rick Pizzi and Pizzi Farm uh, Market Deli and Ice Cream? You can, you can find Pizzi Farm on the web, which is pizzifarm.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Pizzi Farm, and Instagram, Pizzi Farm. Oh, do you have a very robust Instagram following, Rick? I do. Wow. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to have to add you and uh, just check it out. I'm a big fan of... Uh, Following, following celebrities, and uh, I, I just from our general conversations at the show. If your Instagram is uh, anything to kind of be compared to that, I think it's going to be quite enjoyable. Well, mate, hey, really appreciate your time again. Um, PizzyFarm dot com, great website. Uh, you know, good, good kind of uh, layout, and I think you'll find a lot out about what they're doing there. And look, if you want to be on the NICRA podcast, drop us a line here at the NICRA office, steve at nicra.org. And for more information on the podcast, previous episodes, and all of the information you need to help NICRA help you open or grow your ice cream business, you can go to nicra.org or icecreamusa.org. Thanks again, Rick. Good to talk to you, mate. Thank you. And I will uh, see you in Charleston. (laughs) 